Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. back again the mocha okay. 2.0 brothers are here on a wednesday talk yeah. about some nxt 2.0 with all you great people that are members and patreon backers yes it, i'm sp3 that's sad e that was cool like we, we we flowed that nicely we did not have that plan ladies and gentlemen no, <laughs> no we didn't that was so good. That was so good. But yes, it's a great day. It's the first day of June. We are here to talk about NXT 2.0. Set, how are you doing? How is how has been? You are now two weeks in to your new job, your new journey in life. DAD Inc. The Daddy section. How is life and the lack of sleep treating you? Uh, it's it's worth it. Even though I told you before we went on air that I. I've I've been having trouble swallowing my saliva. It's like I'm swallowing mashed potato. <laughs> saliva does is not thick like mashed potato, but you know them ones when your throat is not strep throat is not, but you know it's not hundred percent because we had a banana milkshake yesterday with ice cream inside and milk. That's apparently how you make it. Sae the E stands for exquisite. <laughs> Just in case I had to put that in, but yeah. Uh, besides that, I'm 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 fine. Sometimes when I'm not feeling well, it helps to uh, lower down the energy levels a bit. So maybe I might be more mellow today, depending on the subject matter. I mean, depending on how you felt about the episode of NXT that we're about to get into. But I know something that gets everybody's heart boiling up. Everybody's been talking about it, and if you follow Sat at Sat next to you, you know he's a Stranger Things stan. How you, how did you enjoy? Have you finished season four, part I have, one? I have. Did, what would you grade it if you had to give it a letter grade? So far, it's a it's a B plus. It's a B plus just because we haven't got to that. So I feel like it's a formula they created in season three where there's strands of storylines and then somehow they're all gonna get together for this one finale. Because it hasn't happened yet. I can't go, oh, it's an A. I'll be generous to give it an A A minus, but um yeah, technically it, it, that started in season two. 
It's true. Because you had Eleven go off on her journey, which yeah, she she did that. That was horrible. Even though, even though they didn't really, yeah, they didn't really bring that together because we still don't know what happened to 13. Like, like <laughs> what happened to 13 after Eleven left her? That's something, that's a, that's a logic hole in Stranger Things. I would say, like, season one. So yeah, they did. Season one, I would give, like, an A-. minus. Season two, that went down to, like, a C+. Plus. Really? Season, yeah, I I don't like season two. I think season two is the worst. Is the worst season. Yeah, uh, um, I liked it, but after the subsequent seasons, I it's definitely on my bottom pile. Even though I liked Sean Astin's performance as was he? Oh, oh, he was he was, the, he was the MVP of the season, and him dying is one of the saddest things that's woo, happened in the I, series. I, I have a theory. I I think uh, w- w- and, uh, and notice it? people. I just want to let everybody know. Notice we are only spoiling the seasons that are years old. We're not spoiling anything from season. It's four. your fault from the watching in the first place it's your fault if you can't afford netflix i don't care cry to your mammy <laughs> but no we're not gonna ruin season four the only thing i would say about season four episode four has the greatest ending to a tv show i've ever seen in my life cinematography wise soundtrack wise the drama the like like oh. if you guys think the whole mjf aew wwe drama is tense you need you should have seen me and my wifey watching that say that scene that ended episode four my lord I was on the edge of my seat. I had I had water water in my eyes. I was I like, what are these water particles coming the thing out? Is, the thing is, you you and Luke, because Luke also talked about, you guys confessed about, you know, you confessed about how you, I feel internally, I try not to cry for things. I'm, I'm a kind of person, when I feel it in my heart, I'm like, you're an idiot, it's a TV show, don't cry for that. You know, because I've never cried at important life events. So I feel like a, a traitor to cry over something that's, that is, manipulating my emotions but i love uh you know running up that hill is one of my favorite songs i've got like a personal connection to the song and 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 this episode because a part of me is like they might kill her off they might you know them ones wait because it was so long you know if she dodged so many things i'm like last minute they might just you know but uh yeah not spoil things watch episode four dear billy <laughs> absolutely one of the greatest episodes of any tv show i've ever seen but we gotta talk about NXT 2.0, which was not one of the greatest episodes of a wrestling TV show I've ever seen, but maybe it was somewhere in the middle. Maybe we're we're in between where Tempest felt and what some other people felt. We don't know, but let's get to it. Last night on NXT 2.0, uh, they had a championship summit, if you will, where the champions of Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane, stand opposite of the ring from the babyfaces, Wendy Chu, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter in a preview of NXT in your house this Saturday at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. We're going to see Katana and Caden versus JC and Gigi for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. We're going to see Wendy Chu versus Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. So Wade Barrett, 
he moderated. He's in the ring. He's sitting down between the baby faces and the heels, and he's moderating the women's championship summit. He's doing the introduction, and Gigi Dolan interrupts him. But Katana Chan says that they have been talking for eight months, talking about Toxic Attraction, and they, that's why they will dethrone Toxic Attraction at In Your House. Gigi says in reply that they aren't the first to try and beat Toxic Attraction, and some of those people can't even show their face around here anymore. Little, little, little Salt Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. JC Jane says while they were doing TikTok videos talking about Caden and Katana, Toxic Attraction has been controlling the women's division. All the while, Wendy True keeps saying, "Sign the contract," because Mandy Rose still hasn't signed the contract yet. Caden says it's easy to hold on to the titles when you don't defend them. And Cardin basically, I, I put in my notes, she straight up lied here, Carter, and says that Caden and Katana are the only team to ever beat Toxic Attraction, which spits in the face of the fact that Toxic Attraction are two time women's tag team champions. Now, I understand Set lives in the land of K Fabian and he wants, <laughs> yeah, so he, he wants to pretend that, you know, if, if NXT tells us these things don't exist, they don't exist. But I'm pretty sure one of the people that beat Toxic Attraction in a tag team match is on SmackDown and in a feud or tag teaming up with Ronda Rousey. And the other was a prominent person on the NXT Women's Division, talking about Dakota Kai or King Coda, her new name. But I guess Raquel Gonzalez doesn't exist anymore and Dakota Kai is not with the company. So they've never beat Toxic Attraction, apparently. SB, Raquel Rodriguez is the twin cousin of Raquel. Gonzalez. It's like Ezekiel and Elias. Don't you not see that Raquel Rodriguez is a better wrestler? <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez. She's not as green. She's a bit more smoother in the ring, <laughs> if you will. And if I remember correctly, her cousin won a handicap match by herself to win the tag titles. And it said in the rule book, you cannot win a title by yourself. So you have to relinquish. That's why Toxic Attraction won the title back. See, that's that K Fabian coming out again. again. Um, Mandy Rose says Toxic Attraction is the best in the business. Wendy Chu keeps telling Toxic Attraction to just sign the contract, and we even get chants from the CW fan, CWC fans who say, sign the contract, clap, clap. Uh, Mandy says she was she has the most pressure at in your house, not Cameron Grimes, not Braun Breaker, because she will she will not let this child talking about Wendy Chu win the NXT Women's Championship. Rose says everyone thought her reign would be short when she won the NXT Women's Championship at Halloween Havoc. But it's been over 200 days, 218 days as of today, to be in fact. She didn't know. She said, I know 200 days. Counting. <laughs> I, I don't blame her. Who counts the title reign? I probably would. <laughs> the Miz does. Um, and so so she said, put some respect on her name. Uh Chu then sp- shoots a spitball at Rose, and this starts a whole a whole brawl between the two teams. And my lord, this this brawl did not look did not look pretty. The ladies, well, I enjoyed it. Uh, the brawl did not look pretty. Uh, Mandy Rose strikes 
were were as bad as a Dark Order member attacking Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Carter and Chance, uh, they did nice little dives to the outside, especially uh, Katana with a nice twisting plancha onto, I believe it was Gigi. Uh, they then come in and hit a lung blower and super kick combo on Mandy before setting her up on a table for Wendy Chu to hit the sleeping elbow on really? Rose through the table. I thought it was a snoring elbow. They should call it a snoring elbow. She's not snoring. She's just sleeping. Um, she looks like a snorer to me. The, the nap time elbow. Uh, the baby faces then hold up the NXT women's title and tag team titles. And my lord, this may have been the most annoying segment I've seen on NXT 2.0. I was so annoyed. I didn't know who I'm supposed to root for because Wendy Drew always comes off very likable, very funny, but she came off annoying with the whole sign the contract thing. Mandy Rose is trying to cut the serious promo when everybody's just going back and forth. Kaden Carter had trouble getting out her promo. Gigi Dolan was okay. Wade Barrett, I don't even know why he was involved in this segment, but this segment... The best thing I could say is that it was interesting. It kept your interest, but it was a mess. What did you think, Zach? So uh, my notes is slightly different from yours. I may have been watching a different show from you. I I found the segment a mess. Yes, it was. But here's the positives of what I saw. There were kind of positives. Mandy Rose played into the chant. I like the fact that she became more exasperated. As a heel, it means the crowd's getting to her, which is a good trait. They don't do that often anymore. They're trying to tell people, hey, ignore the fans. They chant some stuff, just continue doing your robotic promo. I like the fact that she actually lent into that. It, it added more. Caden Carter, yeah, she did stifle with her promo, but I like the fire she had when she tried to deliver her promo. She had some fire, which kind of broke up the monotony of JC Jane, who started off a promo sounding a bit like Joe Gacy, <laughs> but then she kind of relaxed a bit. And Gigi Dolan is Gigi Dolan, man. Gigi Dolan is such a charisma machine that she can just twitch on the spot and you're like, oh, great performance. So for me, uh, the highlight was the brawl, most, most likely the end when they put uh, Mandy Rose through the table. And like, yeah, but I wouldn't say it was the worst, but it wasn't the best. But like anything in NXT 2.0, it has good points, bad points, and just average points. So for me, it was thumbs in the middle. Uh, people calling it trash. It, it, you know, it was the crowd. It was a thing. If people try to cut promos, people just didn't want to hear them promos. So that's what added to the chaos of things. Was that a bad thing? I don't know. It was a thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't. I'm saying it wasn't bad. It was bad. It was definitely bad. We could we could agree to disagree, but oh my lord, I've seen uh, Toxic Attraction. You know, is a very polarizing group, but for the most part, I see the benefit of having them around. They've been a nice heel faction that have kind of dominated the women's division, kind of put their mark on how different the NXT 2.0 women's division is to the black and gold brand that it was before the rebrand last September. And I understood their role, but this did not come off well at all. Like I, I, I can, I, I try my best to put a spin on things, but I just can't. I just can't put a spin on this one. Caden and Casey, and excuse me, Caden and Katana. Uh, I we both were saying, you know, we wanted more from them. We wanted them to get an NXT tag team title shot. After this segment, I'm convinced I now want Toxic Attraction to win. That's how. That's how done I am after this segment. Do you, 
Yeah. Do you think, you know how we're saying how Katana and Caden have been there for a while and this may be the crowning moment. What if it's a swerve? What if you're right? What if uh, Roxanne and Korra are the ones that's going to usurp the champions? And Caden turns on Katana. Caden turns Mm. on Katana. That's the only thing that makes sense because they've been a tag team for so long. If they don't win this tag team titles, this opportunity, I'm sorry. Where do you... It's like especially with what's been hinted at for me, if they don't win it, I see them, I see a heel turn coming after the match. I can, I'm more, I can see them both turning heel. I can't see them. I, they, they, it would, it would feel like we missed a bunch of chapters of the story that that's you thinking with your Vince Russo hat on you. I, I wear my Vince hat here. I don't wear my Vince Russo hat. Though. That is a Vince um, hat. No, no, that's not a Vince. That's hat. like the coach of Kai just going, there's one Vince and that Vince helped the other Vince, but that's a Vince Russo. There's been no storyline buildup to them doing a breakup angle, but I can see their loss at in your house leading to either both of them turning heel or them turning on each other that's a possibility that's like champion gargano it's like you know that that didn't that came out of nowhere no unless no, i'm forgetting that was built up. yeah no 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 you're you're bugging you're, you're you're forgetting that was built up very nice that's been built up since their match at see at um the cruiserweight classic the cruiserweight right, classic right you couldn't, okay, you couldn't okay, turn okay, on them okay. right there there's the match in, okay. in brooklyn i was there live there was parts of that where people thought Ciampa was going to turn on their, their whole that whole turn was built up the entire tag team run for dy okay, i remember that but it seemed like he was cool about it it was like owen and brett where the seeds were planted from there but you're right maybe i i wasn't looking hard enough but for me it's because how long they've been there i feel it was like a dakota kai thing when she turned on you know i would say nixon newell whatever name was her but that name was, was also built up nicely because she kept losing she was the one they had a they had a uh wwe women's tag team title shot she was the one that lost she kept losing and then Rhea chose mia yim over dakota kai which was the trigger to dakota kai to attack mia yim so she can get the spot in war games so she could turn on Tegan Knox. That was built to. This has it. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, man, I got baby brain. You're right, man. Stop attacking me, okay? SP3 remembers all this stuff. I watch the stuff once and I move on. SP3, for some weird reason, he keeps that stuff in his memory bank. I remember nothing past 2003 or four or five. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't go back because sports entertainment is already rough as it is. For me, it's like, yeah, I watched it. For me, it's never like, oh, I'm going to go back to it. Like, I, I've conquered it. I've watched it. Chucked it to the back, back of my memory. I'm moving forward. But you're right. I'm I wrong. I will, you should not use the baby braid excuse because I, will I have double. I have double. You just, you have new baby Your braid. brain That's is the- used to it. Mine is mush potato. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's get into the rest of the show before we get to our mocha chats uh, set. And the show kicked off with Diamond Mine making their way to the ring backstage. Roger Strong is reminded uh, that the Creed Brothers and Ivy now have the night off and tells them to stay back for their upcoming matchup, which is going to be against Pretty Deadly. Brutus Creed says, Diamond Mine doesn't take the night off, while Nile is wondering what's going on. And then uh, Pretty Deadly make their entrance and doing the side play check. Yes, boy! Uh, what did you think about the little interaction between Diamond Mine, which was a nice foreshadowing for what was going to come in the matchup? Nice foreshadowing. This whole entire storyline has been a rewrite of what we've actually seen on screen. A tag team is actually winning. Roderick Strong is apparently mad about it. He's a true leader. I do believe that, but I don't like the back chat from the Creed brothers. There's a pecking order they need to appreciate. Since Malcolm Bivens has left, the entertainment portion of NXT has dwindled, including Diamond Mine. They're one of my favorite parts of the show. Now when I look at them, they're a shell of their former vessel. Too many people talking, I shouldn't be talking. So yeah, how do I feel about it? Angry, upset, sad, heartbroken. My team is about to split up for no reason. What's it going to be? Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp? Roderick Strong's got one foot out of the door already. Damon Kemp's going to be stuck there by himself waiting for his comatose younger brother to come to the main roster where he's stuck there. At least he's less comatose. At least he can emote. Not like the other guy, the Olympic gold medalist, who's not like her angle, who's like dead inside. <laughs> So I'll answer your question, yeah. It was, yeah. 
that yeah. Gable Stevenson uh, slander that's gonna it's gonna get you in trouble with some. No, he's a beast in the ring. All right, I seen some of his stuff on YouTube. He's great, but he's not a sports entertainer. I'm sorry. We saw him how many times? He's got two opportunities, and both times he's not set the world on fire. He's other the other medalist that won something. Answer, forgot her name. She was more charismatic with a gold medalist. My guy won a gold medal, and he's like this. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon's hyping him up and he's like, he does a suplex and he does that. You know what I'm saying? That's no charisma. But anyway, we'll talk about that another time. I'll slander him for five minutes if you want. Put down the mocha chat and I can talk yeah, some more. Exactly. Get some get some Stevenson uh slander. Let us know WrestleTalk.com. He's a great wrestler. But he needs he needs PC. They, they, they springboarding him to raw. He needs charisma lessons. He needs promo lessons. I've never heard him talk. I heard that someone asked him a question. He did this. There you go. Uh, Roderick Strong and Damien Kemp versus Pretty Deadly was our opening match. Uh, Damien Kemp actually came off pretty well here. Uh, he was thrown off by the eccentric style of Pretty Deadly early on. So Roderick slaps him to get some aggression out, similar to what the Creed brothers do to each other. Kemp then runs wild with suplexes. Roderick is, uh, is tagged in and he's isolated by Pretty Deadly. But Roddy makes the hot tag to Kemp, who comes in with a nice twisting suplex and a slingshot shot spear he's been watching johnny gargano tapes uh back from break pretty deadly is once again isolating kemp finally damien uh hot tag strong in who runs wild now vintage roddy here with chops and backbreakers to prince and wilson on the floor prince uh pushes kemp into the steel steps so he's out of commission while wilson and strong are in the ring wilson goes to use the nxt tag team title on roddy but julius pushes strong out of the way and he gets nailed with the goal taking the bullet it for Roddy and Brutus tells Roddy to use the title uh, distracting him and it sounded like Strong wanted to get hit with the title I guess wanted to take the DQ finish that's why I don't like the storyline it doesn't make logical sense my guy saved him is it true did he save me Uh, you're in the ring you got physically removed it wasn't God moving you. It wasn't centrifugal <laughs> force that moved you. But it he didn't was... see. He didn't see the title shot. That's the difference. And then pretty deadly. Then uh, hits Roddy with spilled milk for the win. I thought the the opener was good. Which and it continues the drama within Diamond Mine. What was your thoughts, that? One of my favorite parts is when Elton Prince said he out wrestled Damon Kemp. He got out wrestled him. I wrestled the wrestler. I love that. Like pretty deadly. Their sports entertainment. I can't wait for them to chase for the 24 7 title and probably get tagged in title shot and then drop to the Usos. I can't wait for that. They're going to have a great ceiling for them. I can't wait for them to go to the main roster and do nothing at all and get frustrated and leave. I can't wait for it. The guys are good. Uh, in terms of Damon Kemp, I feel like of all the wrestlers in the match, he's the one people didn't know that much or know that well because unless you watch NXT level up, not many do, or watch NXT UK. No many do. Uh, this was your first time seeing him wrestle. It was a coming out party. Uh, he did well in the match. He had a flurry of suplexes. He, for me, is the superior uh, Gabeson brother at the moment because he can emote and it look like he's dead. He doesn't look like a dead fish. So he did well in the ring. Uh, the storyline continues. Are Diamond Man going to break up? Why not? Because I'm sick of it already. Um, it's not the team that I signed up for. Where's Hachi, man? Where's Malcolm Bivens? This is not a team I signed up for. Who cares about Taylor Rust? 
There you go, folks. <laughs> um, backstage, Sola Sokoa uh, lets Cameron Grimes uh, know that he has his back tonight against Cameron against uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. But after In Your House, he's got next. Duke Hudson interrupts both of them to brag about beating Braun Breaker. Grimes laughs him off and walks off. But Sokoa says that Hudson's win, it doesn't even count because he won by disqualification. And it leads to a match being set up between Duke and Solo. We went backstage again for another segment where... Ooh, uh, before you move on, before you move on, uh, just starting to mention, because even if you you didn't put in your notes either, Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes once feuded. They're the reason why both guys got style updates. But it's easy to forget because Duke Hudson hasn't been relevant in a while. That's the last time he had a feud that was of prominence. Yeah, he did the Indusha stuff or whatever, but this is the last time I forgot until you said nice haircut. They, like, oh, he, yeah. He gave, he gave him a haircut and his hair grew back within like a month. But it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, I understand how that is. It happens to me too. Grimes, though. But... Well, look at Grimes. Grimes still kept the, he kept the, a reminder of what Duke Hudson did to him. He doesn't look like a, a woofy country boy like he did in the beginning with the top hat. I miss the top hat. The top hat is the source of his superpower. Exactly. And that's why I, I tend to just forget that feud ever happened. Um, <laughs> backstage, uh, also, we get Grayson Waller, who held court earlier today about the women's breakout tournament and why uh, Tiffany Stratton is going to beat Roxanne Perez. He talks trash about the undercarders uh, looks and their athletic ability. Uh, Quincy was there, who's uh, one of my favorites from NXT Level Up from the two times I watched it. Uh, Waller then talks trash about Fallon Henley for losing last week, which brings in uh, Josh Briggs, who challenges Waller for later tonight. What did you think about Grayson Waller holding court in the NXT locker room? Oh, it, it was nice character work from Grayson's per usual, establishing him as a slimy individual. But I, I, I like the fact that Josh Briggs invited him for a country arse whip, butt whip. I don't know if we can say the A word. I, I think the list of things. Yeah. Beach whip, apple whip. You got to get it dip. Take a trip down to Pound Town. <laughs> so that's what he invited him to. And uh, Grayson looked quite um, enthusiastic about it. So yeah, I liked it. It's up a match and, and it made sense. Yes. Uh, we then go to one of our favorite feuds, it seems like, every single week uh, because of these backstage segments that are either outrageous or bad acting or badly, no, bad acting. badly uh, produced. Uh, most weeks, uh, we, we go to a sit-down meeting between Tony D and his wise guys with Legato Del Fantasma on Legato Del Fantasma's yacht. And I will say... It, yo, Santos Escobar, I'm pretty sure he stole that yacht from the villain in All About the Benjamins. I'm 100% sure that was the villain. That was the villain's yacht from All About the Benjamins. I've seen um, it in years. Took up uh, bringing up. Uh, uh, I, I I bought that video of like cheap. I got it like secondhand or something. I watched it. All About the Benjamins, man. Yeah, that, my, cool. my, my love for even Mendez when, you know, astronomically even higher. But that's a talk for another hey, time. Hey, my love for Dr. Dre and Mike Epps as a comedy duo is up here. That That's one of my all-time favorite comedy duos that not a lot of people give credit to. Remind me who I don't like again. Is it two, is it two, two dimes or stacks? You don't like stacks. Oh, wasn't he terrible? I wrote that down. Tony, is this it? <laughs> 
<laughs> wasn't it terrible? He, it was really bad. He was he, so, so he out of place here. He went to the Linda McMahon School of Acting, School of Emoting. My guy, he's so he's like a day in the headlines. He talks, he's like, he's got two lines. My guy's got like two lines, and he barely finished the second line. He fumbles on his way to the finisher. Is this, yeah, what's my line? Why am I stepping on? Like, I'm sorry, the other guy, was it two dimes I like? Two dimes? Yes. He yes. belongs. He, he for me, yeah, he's a made man. The other guy, still on the boat, he should have slept with the fishes. That was the one opportunity to get rid of him because he's just ruining everything. Santos Escobar, he should be acting in those WWE films they used to make because he's actually good. When he does his lines and his dialogue, I believe, I'm like, man, this guy has got it. He's like 37 years old at the moment. Vince, take advantage. Put him on the main roster. Put him on the main roster before he becomes 38 and you make him Dominic's manager or something. Probably so. Uh, Santos Escobar asks what business they have to uh, commence. Uh, he makes a joke about AJ Galante, but Tony D means business. Uh, Tony says he doesn't trust Santos, and if he was dying in the desert, Tony wouldn't give him a lick of water. Uh, I hate that line. I hate that line because he could have said, if you're dying in the desert, I wouldn't give you a lick of my piss. That would have been even greater because that's how much you hate someone. You'd, you would have been pissed on them because they're not worthy of it. But anyway, yeah, back to what you're saying. They, this is why WWE needs to hire Sat. Sat can help with the script writing, especially for NXT, where you can get away with those words. Uh, Escobar calls Tony a snake, but Santos is a python who would love to squeeze the life out of D'Angelo. Tony wants another fight. Electra Lopez asks, what's in it for Santos uh, to fight Tony D again? Tony D suggests a six-man tag team matchup with his wise guys versus Legato Del Fantasma at this Saturday at In Your House. If the D'Angelo family wins, Legato has to come into the family under Tony's leadership. But if LDF wins, the family has to join Legato Del Fantasma under Escobar's leadership. Tony says that after their victory on Saturday, the streets will be talking about how Tony D's crew beat Legato and got some new foot soldiers. And Santos Escobar, he agrees. They shake hands and then he kicks Tony D's uh, crew off the boat. I thought that this from Tony D and Santos Escobar, this was good. Everybody else, no, Electra Lopez, she was good as well. I like her being the one to be like, what's in it for Santos Escobar? That was good. Everybody else, I could have done without. It should have just been a meeting between the leaders of the groups. Especially where the microphones were placed. Because <laughs> some of them, they were talking like, hey, where's the lapel mic? Where's the boom? Because it sounds like a very echoey. Sounds like very room temperature level kind of sound coming out. Um, so I didn't like the stipulation because I feel like we've seen something similar before with LA Knight and, and Cameron Grimes. Oh, it's not the same thing. They don't have to be butlers. Imagine if it was Vince Russo writing it. He would have asked them, you guys be my garden, you know, people, garden gnomes or whatever. And then you'd be like, oh, you can be my pizza boy or whatever. So luckily there wasn't any ethnic slander, but I didn't like it because I don't want to see Legado lose. And then Shawn Michaels' go-to thing is humor, trying to like basically make their life a living hell to the point where they do a rematch where they're relinquished or, or, or whatever. I just don't want to see that happen. If it's Vince Russo writing it, he would have Electra Lopez turn on the guys and become, you know, part of the group. Very, you know, major guns and MIA and Team Canada. But yeah, for me, I just didn't like the stipulation. I, I wanted it to be a thing of if 
one of the crew loses, they have to uh, break up. But it would have been too obvious because uh, Tony D just got his family. We haven't seen much of them to do that stipulation. I just answered my own I, question. I would have liked. I, I would have liked honestly. The losing team has to leave NXT so Legato can get called up. Thank you. That's another reason why as well. That for me screams that this feud is going to continue to probably SummerSlam. So yeah, I'm a bit. I'm I'm a bit, I'm a bit negative about it because I want Santos to move on. I want the best for him. I feel like he's the guy Vince has been looking for in each of the subsequent Mexican wrestlers he's had since Eddie Guerrero, and he's wasting his prime years by leaving him in developmental. The whole point of being in developmental is to get a new character, find yourself, find your promo style, and then straight to the main roster. He's been over even for too long come on they've been a group for three years like people people don't really remember that but yeah they, this whole group has kind of been pandemic man like speeds up things. yeah 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 it's true my uh, name is Santos well two years two years since 2020 but yeah it, it feels like three because of the pandemic um Cora Jade versus Electra Lopez was next this was another segment where I was just like um, yeah, this is a developmental show. Uh, Electra Lopez dominated like 80% of this match. Did Which was a good look, thing. Did not look good, though. She uh, did a lot of power moves. None she of them looked really big. And none a blue thunderbomb. Really... She blew thunder. Oh, come on. She that did... was the worst blue thunderbomb I've ever seen in my life. She gets A for attempt. I guess. Uh, Lopez hit that th- blue thunder bomb for a two, which uh, Cora grabs the ropes for the break. Jade uh, hits Lopez with a rising knee strike while on the apron and then sets her up for the top rope senton for the win. This was very basic. Cora Jade gets the win, so good to see her back on the winning ways after losing to Natalia a few weeks ago, but this did not look good. Hey, at least the feud's over, right? Now uh, Cora Jade can move on to uh, teaming up with a bestie. And they did build to that. We'll get to that. Before that, we had um, Mackenzie Mitchell interviewing Wes Lee, who has a match with Zion Quinn tonight. And then Sanka the Thunder compliments Wes on his giant heart and wishes him good luck on the match. Man, Sanka, I like Sanka talking. Sanka is a good talker. I will give him that. Sanka is a nice motivational speaker. He's he's the anti-ex young Quinn. He doesn't tell you to walk it straight or walk it right, whatever he says to you. He goes, oh, man, you got it, man. You got a heart of a tiger. Do what you did when you face me. Where's Lee? He's, ever since uh, MSK broke up, he sounds like a guy who just woke out of bed and they shoved the microphone to his face. <laughs> that low he energy. Dep- he don't look happy. He looks depressed, honestly. Like, I know, I know this is the story they're trying to tell, but in general, he does not look very happy to be there. And the funny thing is, when McKenzie goes, oh, so why are you going to face uh, Exion Quinn? He goes, duh, I challenged him a few weeks ago. I just, it just didn't happen. The fact that she had to go there. Yeah. <laughs> is that McKenzie, where have you been? You were there when the fight to instigate you're the only person that's there backstage what did you forget hmm? what hey i mean i guess it's forgettable uh we see a vignette which this vignette these two vignettes were honestly some of my favorite parts of this show before we got to the main event uh where they hype up the women's breakout tournament so the first one's on roxanne perez and we see a 13 year old roxy meeting natalia and nikki bella and nikki bella says she's going to continue on the bella the bella twin legacy yo i was like wow this is crazy that they got this footage uh she talks about growing up in laredo texas and 
next week's breakout tournament finals. Perez talks about training in Booker T's reality of wrestling training school, uh, taking the bus about 10 hours to get there. A lot of great footage of young Rock Roxanne training at Booker T school there. Uh, she talks about her friends watching Pretty Little Liars and Stranger Things. I like that. That's relevant. Relevant pop culture right there. Uh, while she watched uh, Raw and SmackDown, Roxanne talks about missing her prom to train in wrestling. So a lot of sympathetic points they were hitting on this one. Perez then talks about her friendship with Cora Jade and talking about how Cora, you know, traveled down the same road as she did at the same time, at the same age. Roxanne says Tiffany Stratton is twice her size and 10 times stronger than her, but she doesn't have more heart than her and Roxanne promises to fight until the contract is in her hands really good stuff here really good stuff but I'm sorry Tiffany Stratton's one was just a little bit better <laughs> it was listen listen I have become a, a a huge Tiffany Stratton fan so I feel like she went from being a meme to a full-fledged character she finally nailed her promo style we get to Tiffany in a moment because we're like I can't gush over the person when it's not her time yet Roxanne Perez made me feel old my goodness what I've noticed about Corey Jade and Roxanne Perez they are diva era women they didn't grow up with Trish and Lita who's Trish and Lita Trish and Lita left for goodness sake their heroes are Michelle McCool Bella Twins maybe Karma maybe Gail Kim Maybe Caitlin. Carver, Carver wasn't, here, wasn't here long enough. But yeah, no, there's long enough in my heart. There was like AJ Lee, the Bella Twins, Natalia. Those are their heroes. Think about this. The worst period considered for uh, women's wrestling in the modern day, even though for like the 90s, they didn't really do them that well either. You know what I'm saying? That's less women. But anyway, the era that people don't like, the Divas era, the era where women didn't wrestle much. That's what they grew up on. That's what inspired them. Thank goodness we got Roxanne out of that because no women, no little girl would probably want to watch it. You'd be like, nah, man, they're not, it's not, it's only four minutes. I don't be a wrestler. I don't want to wrestle four minutes, but she did. She watched it. She became inspired. That footage, where did they get that? They got footage on everyone. Everyone's high school, everyone's prom, everyone's queuing up. WWE, are you watching us now? Are you videotaping us now for when we get to the performance? When Sat gets to the performance center, you got the tape you. of you got the tape of him trying out for Wrestle Talk. That's gonna be played when he's at the performance center. <laughs> no one should watch that ever again. <laughs> but like I said, I really enjoyed uh, this Roxanne Perez. This was a great way to get her over as a sympathetic underdog babyface. But my lord, was Tiffany Stratton's video? You want to talk about it now? Yes, we're going to talk about it right now because I have to. I was, I was so tempted. You know how you do your, you know, you know, SB Gacy. I was tempted to buy a blonde wig and start doing Tiffany Stratton promos every week on this show. But then I realized we overkill and then we might lose followers. So I'm not going to do it. But imagine me doing. Um, Ew! This was this was great. This was great. Like this is the best thing Tiffany Stratton has done. Tiffany says um, she talks about where she belongs being in the women's breakout tournament finals. Uh, She talks trash about Nikita Lyons being injured and out of the tournament. 
tournament and she wouldn't have even made it to the finals anyway. Uh, Stratton says this will not be the only tournament she has, she has ever won. She's won bodybuilding tournaments. We see her in the bodybuilding tournament. We see some of her gymnastic tournaments that she's won in the past. Uh, then Tiffany brings up Roxanne's story saying that it's as exciting as a cardboard box. box. She she rode a bus for 10 Ew. hours to Booker T school. Ew, sweetheart. There's this thing like called an airplane and it was created about a hundred years ago. <laughs> this was great. And, was great. And, and she said she missed the prom, but she probably didn't have a date. LOL. Like this <laughs> is, this is the potential. I saw the character from day one. They did a basic stuff. Oh, daddy, blah, blah, blah. But I knew she, she probably been watching some mean girl tapes because she went all Regina George on her peach. She went on, <laughs> on her butt. She went all in and I, I feel like lately, I see it. Tiffany Stratton, since, you know, Bianca Belair, because Bianca Belair was the best from her class, I feel like Tiffany Stratton is next. She is next. I say she's next. I put Saeed's stamp of approval on Tiffany Stratton. Take her I straight mean, to the moon, please. To be fair, I, I was going to bring up after this someone else that we put the stamp of approval, but to finish off on No, we, we didn't put anyone. I don't want you on about. Tiffany I've always been Stratton. Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> Tiffany Stratton uh, tells Roxanne that she could go cry on Cora J's shoulder when she when uh, she loses next week, and the finals will be next week. Really enjoyed both of these vignettes. This was a great way to get over the two individual characters and to show the difference between the two individual characters heading in to next week's Women's Breakout Tournament Finals. But honestly... I wish after these vignettes that this was on in your house because I'm more interested in this match than like 80% of the wait, in your house wait, card. Wait, 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 wait. It's, it's not? It's not at in your house. It's next week's show. Wow, they're doing. I was, I was looking forward to it. Like, oh, it's gonna, it, it wasn't announced, but in my head, I was like, it's happening. But I ain't going to lie, guys. Roxy doesn't need it. T Tiffany doesn't really need it because she's been there longer. But I want Tiffany to win. Give it to Tiffany. I I wouldn't I don't blame anyone who wants Tiffany Stratton to win after this vignette. This vignette is a must watch. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch one uh, two things from the show, the main event and Tiffany Stratton's vignette is the two things you need to watch. Or no, you gotta watch Roxanne Perez's vignette because it made Tiffany Stratton's vignette better because yes. she played off it so well. Like it was great. That was great stuff. But yes, someone else that we put their stamp of approval, Nikita Lyons. Uh, she revealed on an IG live that she has a partially torn MCL. So we were right last week when we said that we leaned on the side of it being of being real, a real injury, and not something to write her off. But also uh, Memorial Day, she put out a Twitter video where uh, she had a. MAGA uh, artist in the background playing about storming the White House. So uh, the best line that I, the two best lines that I heard about Nikita Lyons over the past few days was, oh man, Nikita Lyons put an extra K in her first name. And uh, the new nickname for her is Booty Judy Giuliani and Donald Rump. And uh, Suplex Texas for obvious reasons. If you don't know the history, Google why. Uh, you know what? That's that's catnip for Vince. Vince loves a Republican, he Lacey does. Evans. So it's not. So yeah, just in case people want to know, because it's NXT. Was that E and SP three? Think about it. This is my opinion on the whole situation. 
politics, American politics. I don't involve myself in American politics. I'm in the UK. We've got enough doo-doo crap to deal with. Number two, Vince McMahon's a Republican. Lacey Evans, that's up his alley. Nikita Lyons, even more. Wow. She is Donald Trump. Put her straight to the main roster. So Vince is Ooh, not going to care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not going to change the standing at all. HBK, you know, he's more of a, you know, social injustice warrior because he'll sit you down and tell you the wrongs of the world, which is not a bad thing. Michael Hickerbottom, book of the year. I can see... Nah, I think she's fine. You know what it was? Oh, yeah. It's no, the no. people that supported her. It's the people yeah. that supported her. Disappointed. I'm not disappointed because I wasn't heavily invested in her like some people are. You know what I'm saying? They're all human beings at the end of the day. After Velveteen Dream, I never invest in people anymore. I'm never shocked when someone Fs up. So if, if you don't learn from Velveteen Dream, you'll get your heart broken over and over again. Can't say it better than that. So that's all we will say about the Nikita Lions as that bandwagon has gotten a little lighter over the last couple of days. But going back to the show, uh, Wesley versus Zion Quinn was next after the Roxanne Perez vignette. Uh, Lee runs straight at Quinn and nearly jumps over his head. I was scared for a minute there. Uh, Zion tries yeeting uh, Lee, but he lands on his feet. Vic Joseph starts talking about Zion Quinn giving advice, even if you don't ask for it, which I was like, yes, this is what we've been saying for weeks. That's his character. So it's finally connecting here. Uh, Quinn, he dominates this one, but Wes keeps fighting. He doesn't stay down. Uh, Zion catches Wes coming off the top rope and lawn darts him into the second turnbuckle in the corner. Quinn then uh, rallies up, starts doing his little arm poses for his running forearm, but Lee rolls him up out of nowhere and he gets the win. He then celebrates near his wife in the crowd which was a nice little touch there, even though they didn't mention that. Uh, pretty decent David versus Goliath match that was just about three and a half minutes long, but it was decent for what it was. Exion Quinn got new biker shorts. <laughs> for weeks, he was wearing trousers, but now he's got new shorts, guys, and he stopped wearing them tassels. <laughs> what does that mean? I noticed his gear more than a match. Um, the beginning... <laughs> <laughs> so no okay okay there were some good points from wesley when he when he dove for him yeah it was scary but i thought that was cool that was cool yeah. uh yeah and that one dart to the middle rope from exion quinn that was great and someone in the chat said that exion quinn's a western moment let's not let's not be quick to judge it's still manu it's still manu okay exion quinn just started let him get to the main roster and see what he does if he thrive or he's burnt alive. But yeah, the match was a match. Um, he's got new shorts, man. So he's not, trousers is not his thing. He, he, he wears shorts again. Biker shorts. Who wears short shorts? Walking straight, <laughs> short shorts. He's walking it straight, walking. <laughs> Whatever that means, he should put it on a t-shirt because walk it right. Walk, walk it straight. right. Walk you straight. Uh, backstage, we get the segment you mentioned earlier with Roger Strong screaming at Diamond Mine. Ivy now explains that Julius took the, the smoking gun for Poor him. Ivy. Uh, Poor uh, Ivy. Strong is just like, really? It not happened. Uh, Strong <laughs> still pissed, though, and announces that if the Creeds don't beat Pretty Deadly for the titles at In Your House, then they are out of Diamond Mine. Does that change? Or keep your prediction for uh in your house where i'm gonna ask you for your predictions on each of the matches at that's the good because i you know you do it now because i'll forget when the matches are um okay, okay I, know, fine, I, I, I know all the matches so don't worry okay you don't have to remember any of the matches i don't i'm gonna tell you all of the matches at the show 
Man, I appreciate you, man. I just I can't do memory stuff at the moment. Or I can, or I can't but, say. Does it does it does it change the stipul the added stipulation? Does it change your mind in any? I don't way? know if I've been watching so many. I haven't been watching Vintrioso stuff. Maybe I'm run down. But I, I'm like, what if Roderick Strong turns on them? I would. You're out of diamond mine. I I would do it. But uh, does it change it? Um, ooh, it's quite hard. SP three. Why? I say. I tell you why. It's, why it's hard. I assume that the Creed brothers had to run through many tag teams, pretty deadly face a different tag team, and then they'll meet each other in a big show. And they haven't done that. So for the fact that match is happening now, depending on Michael Hickenbottom's patience for storylines, I say, yay, if time. I mean, Creed brothers brought the family in and didn't win. How awkward is that? Ask Roman. His dad peed off. Uh, we want to hear your guys' predictions for NXT in your house this coming Saturday. I'm going to get set predictions. So send us yours with Mocha Chats, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Those those really matter. It helps us put some diapers on our baby. So we always appreciate it. Yeah, um, we're broke at the moment. Give us some Mocha Chats and I promise you we'll we'll make it worth it. We, 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 do, we do monologue readings. We do funny voices. Heck, we read out your opinions. Oh, we look at that. The chat. Look at, look at that side. You, 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 you said the right thing. We say monologue reading, so it's about that time that love is blind. The grass is greener on the other side. See, I really know the lyrics of Joe Gacy. He was backstage with the Gacy young veterans, the Druids, who say, and he, and Joe Gacy says, and I quote. How fitting that Saturday is called In Your House because it was in Braun Breaker's house that the first embers of that fire, that anger, was cultivated. As a child, Braun would sit in front of his TV and watch his father blaze a Hall of Fame career, winning multiple championships in multiple companies one of the greatest to ever step foot inside the ring based on uncontrollable power and excessive physicality. And during commercial breaks, Braun and his two brothers would continue where his father left off. Rick would come home and instead of breaking it up, he would, sh- he would allow it to continue. And why not? Brothers fighting was normal for Rick and his brother Scott. It wasn't just survival of the fittest in the ring, but also at the kitchen table. Instead of correcting course with his childhood anger, Braun took that uncontrollable rage onto the gridiron. He was a freight train running through and over anyone in his way. Braun, you gave a new meaning to the term red zone, but you knew your your aggression needed a new home. It needed to live in the squared circle, like father, like son. Braun quickly ascended the ranks of NXT and became the NXT champion. He's now a two-time champion. The Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it, Braun? How do I know all this intimate information? I learned all of it by spending time with your hero, your father. 
When a man is helpless, the exterior walls come down and the truth is revealed. Braun, your family settles things with fists. It's not your fault that you're prone to lash out. So I say, lash out. At in your house, be the man you truly are. Be the brawn breaker everyone loves to watch. Bring the extreme fury. Let the anger you have for me consume you. Give me what I deserve. It is more important to get even than to win a match. You don't want to just beat me, do you, Braun? You need to go further outside of the rules for your sake, for your family's sake, because one way or another, that NXT championship is coming home with me. And that was another reading from the book of S.P. Gacy, because love is blind. We're going to see you on the other side. Braun, I mean, I was about to call you Braun. Sat, any thoughts? <clears throat> so, um, I'm glad they've limited his segments to one. I'm thankful for that. So when Joe Gacy was doing his promo, I was like, those videos are wrong. Because so, some of this stuff was in the early, like late 80s, early 90s. Bron Breaker wasn't born until 1987. So that was nothing relevant. He wasn't watching any of that. It wasn't until they showed like the Attitude Era stuff. I was like, okay, Bron was alive for that. Maybe he saw that portion. So for me, it was a whole rambling trite of crap. And you are so committed to the role. So committed, I get twice. Some of you people haven't watched the show, so you get once. I get it twice. But he's, he's like, I love him. He's my brother. So I will kill him in his sleep. We'll come there where he is. He's in the UK. I could travel and kill him. But I'm going to leave your kids an orphan and your partner to kill me. Jesus, my Lord. Best part I... here is from Jason, who says, Seth looks like he's in line behind someone at the bank who can't figure out how to use the ATM. It's happened to me before, guys. An old lady. I had to be patient. I had to be patient. Like when he does the promo. But I love him to bits. If it makes him happy, good for him. But my soul dies every single week when he does it. I was a product of positivity until he started doing the promo. And I'm going crazy. And my baby can't sleep. I'm going to get baby brain. Uh, speaking of people with baby brain after that promo, we see Braun Breaker is watching Gacy's promo. And yet, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell comes in and interviews Braun. But then we hear Joe Gacy laughing. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't pick up the TV now. And he picks up the TV. And then he realized he had to contain himself, which is a sliver of hope that maybe he can keep his composure and no games were disqualified and lose the title. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. 
he's he's calm he's he's composed so hopefully he can hold that composure coming up at in your house and that was all for the main event build-up for in your house we just got one promo and vignette and then the follow-up promo for braun breaker uh next was the 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 aforementioned women's championship summit then we went backstage and ivy now is working out when Kiana James interrupts. She talks trash about the Creed brothers, and uh, James says that the Creeds have less than 12% chance of winning at uh, In Your House. And Ivy pushes Kiana against the locker and says, what does her number say about her kicking her apple? And James says, about the same as her boys. And that sets up a match for later on in the night. SB, I'm sorry. I know some of the people are a bit younger. They don't know this. They're Alexandria York Foundation. Kiana James, she's a graduate. She's an intern because that's exactly what they used to talk about. They used to go on the computer, talk about the odds. She did the same thing. All she's missing is a computer and Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor works in NXT. Maybe he had a hand in the creation of the character. I'm just thinking that. But yeah, evidently she talks about odds. I'm just like, this is an Alexandria York Foundation intern. Guys, check out NWCW. Put in Alexandria York, who's played by Terry Runnels. You know, it's Marlena, Goldust's ex-wife. And Terry Ronald's the announcer, backstage announcer, and you know, Jerry Lawler used to oogle her puppies. But yeah, this is exactly the same character. And I want Keanu James to get a couple of people, a tag team. She's got a little bit of Miss Hancock situation, like Stacey Keeble in WCW. So yeah, just give her a tag team and they can rough, run roughshod, potentially, or not, or lose like the York Foundation did as well. Probably. Um, <laughs> next, we have Solisicola versus Duke Hudson. Hudson doesn't get an entrance here, which is unfortunate. The jobber entrance, as they call it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Duke gets control a minute into the matchup with a nice jump over the ropes into a German suplex. But Sokoa makes his comeback. He hits the thrust kick. He follows with the, fly- the flying oose solo splash for the win. Pretty solid matchup and a quick win for Solo Sokoa as he's heading to an NXT North American title shot. This is funny. Our notes are kind of similar. I'll put put that Sokoa's greatest hits. Samoan drop, super kick, Umaga hip attack, and solo splash. I said solo splash as well. Duke Hudson did a springboard German suplex to impress you, SP. Were you impressed? Not really. That was the highlight of his his offense in the match. I'll give him that. That was. Duke is not that bad. I mean, Duke, okay, Duke is, Von Wagner makes everyone look better on the main, on that roster, on that, on that developmental roster. No, Von... we're not, we're not giving pump up points for other, other people that are developmental performers. No. Listen, They're when you're not mid, you make everyone look like diamond. Listen, Von Wagner is like a, is like a Snitsky. He, he's like a lumbering, ooh, I don't know, don't do anything. Like he is that kind of, obli- I just, yeah, Von Wagner, he, he should be a Beverly brother. I said it from day one, that's in his blood, that's in his gene. But at the same time, they, they're booking him well. He just looked like an unstoppable moron. That was it. Was it was uh, better than the following match? But before we got to the following match, uh, Vic Joseph. Uh, we had the Tiffany Stratton vignette. Then we had Vic Joseph congratulating Thea Thea Ahale on graduating. We then get see this press this fake press conference where Thea uh, chooses what college she will be going to, and Hale throws all the hats from Notre Dame and North Carolina out the way, and she chooses Andre Chase University. We see all of Chase U celebrating and start chanting, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. SB, 
in the past, I admit it, Chase U wasn't really my bag because I was like, that's a fake university. It would be funny if it comes as a scam. He's been scamming people. That'd be a great ending to the <laughs> university. Um, oh, have some, have someone like Keanu James investigate. Investigate the odds. For me, Chase U, I don't like talking about other companies. They, they to me, come across like a university version of Dark Order. You got this bunch of misfits together and it's so goofy and they're yeah. kind of lovable. And Fear Hell joining Chase U. I didn't see that. See, Michael Hickenbottom, book of the year. He thinks 10 folds ahead of everyone else. What would have been the predictable we thing? We should have, we should have, we should have pretty much guessed that. I that didn't. Was it was on the nose, but yeah, it was I, on the nose. I was caught up on the fake name. I was caught up on the fake name in the university letters. She should be in prison because she's a felon. Andre Chase, check her out. She's a felon. She lies about things. So I do a background check, Chase. Uh, <laughs> no, but she I made like- up the universities to entice them. Again, that would be great if that comes out. That's what happened. That'd be more like interesting. It. I like this segment. This was fine. Uh, like I said, the Solo Sokoa versus Duke Hudson match was fine. This one was kind of just there as it was Grayson Waller versus Josh Briggs. Uh, Briggs, he comes out with Brooks Jensen and Fallon Henley. So Grayson dares him to come down without the help, calling Jensen horseface. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, Grayson that gets made me in- laugh until I realized who he was talking about. And I was like, okay, I get it. You just don't... That's going to be funny for the other, but at the same yeah, time... Yeah, he, he missed the joke. It, it's kind of like when the Usos did their like speech where they thanked the fans and then followed up with saying, we didn't need any of you. No, that went against what you said. He should have said over there with Horseface and Brooks Jensen, he should have called Fallon yes. Henley the Horseface. Yes, but he said, horses. And, yeah. But he said, and Fallon Henley, and it was That's just That's why he's like, in the friend zone. That's why he's in the friend zone. That's why Tiffany doesn't want to sniff him at all. That's what gonna. They go shopping after she wins the title. That's what she's gonna get. You'd hold her purse. That's how much he's gonna hold of her. Her well, purse. When she goes in and just tries stuff on. Yeah. That's that's as close as gonna t- touch her. Touch her purse. Grayson Waller in the friend zone. She's not even there supporting you. You're backstage doing segments about, hey, Tiffany's gonna win, blah blah. But is Tiffany talking about yeah? Heck now. Like tech now. Nope. Uh, Mr. Stone and Sophia Cromwell, they come down to ringside while Briggs is making his comeback. Von Wagner comes through the crowd and distracts Briggs on the apron and Briggs uh, knocks him off and then turns around into the rolling cutter from Waller. This wasn't too much of a matchup. This just nope. was just a setting to progress and continue this Briggs versus Wagner storyline. Post-match, Von Wagner attacks Briggs and uh, goes to injure his arm like he did to Jensen. But Brooks uh, comes down to make the save. And before Cromwell holds back Wagner, I was just like, Brooks Jensen should not be the guy making the save for anyone. I'm sorry. They have totally ruined that character. Who, 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 who got ruined? Brooks Brooke Jensen. Jensen. He so got good. ruined when he got announced as being a, a, a... Listen, there's nothing with being a virgin, but it's how they went Whoa. about him being a virgin. Ex- exactly. A virgin who who is has a strong right arm. They have went over the top. This jumped the shark a long time ago. He just should have just hit him with a cast. That would have made more sense. Yes. It should have been a back and forth, and the equalizer could have saved the day, because it is true. that like After all of that, Von Wagner... Or Sophia Cromwell was like, hmm, not this guy. His right arm is strong, allegedly. He's watched me many times, allegedly. 
Very strange. Yes. <laughs> uh, this following match was better now. Uh, we had Ivy now versus Kiana James. Uh, Kiana has some interesting sort of like horror-esque music with a hip-hop no, she did it. It, was, no, it had the, the, the little horror string to it. At, at, it sounded middle. like Alex Luger, the producer. 2009 track it here from Rick Ross or Ace Hood. I was ready. I was waiting for DJ Kettle. DJ, we the best. That... And and Carmelo Hayes theme, they belong on a, a compilation album 2009 by DJ Khaled. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a banger. Carmelo Hayes theme is a different class from this. I, I will say. You don't know. They're both, they're, that's a banger. I was bopping to it. That makes sense. Kiana James, Alexandra York intern. They're saying Tiffany, to hip-hop. Stratton. Tiffany Stratton's theme is a bop. Um, now is, you know. <laughs> now uses her wrestling ability to ground Kiana until James uh, gets control. She takes a, l- a little bit, a lot of this matchup, uh, actually, more than I thought she would. Uh, Kiana reverses the neck crank into a crucifix for two, but then Ivy just bodies Kiana, ending with the belly-to-belly suplex for the win. That was fine. Ivy was kind of tested, but she still overcame. And then post-match, we got Pretty Deadly coming down to the ring. They ask, what is Ivy now going to do when Diamond Mine closes and Pretty Deadly tries walking away, but the Creed brothers, they come out and uh, stand tall. They attack the Pretty Deadly and stand tall, raising the NXT tag team titles. But them raising the NXT tag team titles plus this stipulation, I was like, it might be bad news for the Diamond Mine's future there. Exactly. that, that it, it could be if they lose, Creed brothers go straight to the main roster. They need more tag teams. And they've been doing well. They can learn on the job. They've done it to Nia Jax. They've done it to wrestlers who's not 100% ready, still green, but they learn on the job on the main roster. Creed Brothers, they, they deserve that push. If you can have Gable Stevenson, who's had no matches in the developmental, Creed Brothers, who've had some reps, put them in the main roster. Hey, why not? Why not? I say. Uh, finally, uh, we got we're finishing up this show. So last call on Mocha Chats, uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. What did you think about the show? What did you think about the Women's Championship Summit? Uh, let us know. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Or if you want to talk about anything else in the wrestling world, let us know. Uh, we got a vignette. This time I saw it with uh, G- Giovanni uh, Vinci. Uh, it's a woman talking about uh, him eating all these nice clothes, uh, these nice food, all wearing this nice clothes. And she does confirm that it's a he. So in case you thought it was going to be a female, it's a he. Uh, so I didn't yeah. see that. that unless I... Wait, I didn't was what I didn't see it, but I'm happy you finally saw it. That it's equal because I saw the last one. Maybe it's a similar vignette. Do you think it's Fabian Eichner? I I think it might be. I think it might also, be rebranded Fabian Eichner. Mayor Painville, don't don't be around for the chat for this one because uh, I know it's broken your heart already. Um, do you think he's got a goatee or he grew some hair? That, you know, I'm thinking, have they changed something about him? Does he have a goatee? Goatee's maybe maybe he got the just for men. He got just for men. Who knows? Uh, that look weird. Fabian with hair. I don't think Fabian can grow hair. He might have a little goatee, though, just to differentiate who he used to be. 
and I did see the comment in the chat. I am not a hockey fan. I am a Mighty Ducks fan. This is this has nothing to do with the Anaheim Ducks. This has to do with the Minnesota Mighty Ducks. Charlie Conway, Russ Tyler, Autumn Boys. That's what I'm all about. My favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. But let's get into the main event, which was the highlight of the show. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. They make their entrance and join commentary for the main event. Melo is wearing a Jason Tatum shirt for the Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics, so I, I like him a lot less after this. Uh, Barrett tells Melo to take a seat, and he responds and says, I don't need to take a seat. I'm a, I'm what a seat needs. Uh, that made me chuckle. I just had to mention that. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Nathan Frazier is our main event. We get a nice chain wrestling start with both men doing kip-ups at the same time. Frazier hits a Huracan Rada, sending uh, Cameron to the floor, but Grimes gets on the apron before Nathan Nathan can hit a dive and he hits a penalty kick. The champ then beats down Frazier on the floor, hitting a back suplex on the apron. He grounds him for a bit and then Frazier makes his comeback. He hits a springboard moonsault into a reverse DDT, shades of AJ Styles on Grimes. Uh, the two men trade forearms and uppercuts before Grimes hits a front suplex, but Grimes uh, runs into a super kick from Frazier. They trade more strikes with Frazier landing an integuri, followed by uh, Grimes hitting a lariat, but Nathan hits a Huracan Rada for a close near fall. Frazier then hits a torpedo suicide dive that was great once again. He has one of the best suicide dives on NXT 2.0. Nathan uh, sets up for the Phoenix Splash, but Grimes climbs to the top rope. He hits Avalanche German suplex and then follows with the cave-in for the win. This was absolutely great. This was just nonstop action, great sequences. These are two of the best workers, and not just NXT, probably all of the WWE, they just go out there and they have a banger like this if you give them time. And this was definitely Nathan Frazier's best match on NXT 2.0. And I, I didn't see a lot of his NXT UK stuff. Let me know in the chat or with the Mocha chat if you saw any of his NXT UK stuff that might have been better than this. This might have been the best match that he's had in WWE. Uh, post-match, Trick and Mello, they jump grinds, but he fights them off to stand tall to end the night. And one note the commentary didn't mention, Solo Sokoa was nowhere to be found, although he did tell Grimes earlier in the night he had his back. But what did you think about the main event here? Wade, the, with the fade, that was one of my highlights and commentary by uh, Trick Williams. Uh, the match was really good to the point where it was so many great moves, I couldn't put that on my notes because I like to put a little bit of, of moves that I like just to point out and highlight certain things. Kind of reminds me when I watch AEW, just too many moves, just <laughs> can't highlight which one's the best or whatever. Um, I like the fact that Nathan Frazier, I've, I've everyone to come from NXT UK bar Pretty Deadly, he's had the most consistent TV time and even match time. Unlike a certain missing A-Kid, A-Kid's missing, guys. A-Kid is missing. A kid made the game package. I think the milk cartons ready. Yeah, I I got a theory. I think a kid, you know, great in the ring, but they realize a kid is not our name. He may come back under a different name, guys. That's a theory by me. Uh, Nathan Frazier, if they continue giving him matches like this, I can see him rising to the North American title division. Who, for for me, the North American title scene is what makes NXT 2.0 palatable for people to watch. Without NXT 2.0 match or people feuding it in in that certain match, that's when you know the the grade drops. When you don't have a Cameron Grimes having a match or a Carmelo Hayes or a Solo Sokoa, that's when you're upset and sad. That was a great match. 
uh, North American title scene is the best scene because the main event title scene is kind of trash at the moment. Uh, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the match and put Nathan Frazier in the main event scene. Why not? Test breaker. Might be, might be the way to go, but I mean, I, I think whoever loses at In Your House between Cameron Grimes and Carmelo Hayes, they need them in the main event scene to boost up the quality of the work in the main event scene because, yeah, the North American title scene totally outshines because they kind of combine the great workers from the cruiserweight division with the great workers from the North American division. So you can mix them up and have some great matches. I'm, I would love to see Nathan Frazier versus Carmelo Hayes after this match. I want to see Nathan Nathan Frazier versus pretty much anyone after this matchup. This was kind of a star, a star making or star cementing performance for him on NXT 2.0 that I rather enjoyed. And this was definitely the best main event for this show in a few weeks. So I enjoyed it a lot, but we got NXT in your house coming up on Saturday set. I'm going to give you rapid fire predictions. Before you do it, before you do it, it's been on my mind. Okay. In your house is coming out. But I always love that Bret Hart botch when he said, in your ace. In your ace. <laughs> I'm ready. Give me them in your ace predictions. Well, you got you got Legato Del Fantasma versus Tony D'Angelo, Stax and Two Dines, the family. Who do you have winning? Uh, it's going to be Tony D and the family because uh, Santos won the last exchange. That's fair. Uh, NXT Tag Team Championships on the line. You got Pretty Deadly versus the Creed Brothers. Okay, this one's been hard because Pretty Deadly just won the title. You want to establish them a, a bit more as a tag team. By the same time, Creed Brothers have been screwed so many times. How many times can you lose? Don't Ruby Soho them. Give Creed the titles. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, you got the NXT women's tag team titles up for grabs. Toxic Attraction versus Kaden Carter and Ka- Katana Chance. Kaden Carter and Katana Chance are, are not it. I'm sorry. Uh, Toxic Attraction for retaining. Mandy Rose defending the NXT women's championship against Wendy Chu. Who you got? It'd be great if Wendy Chu won so Tiffany Stratton can pull out and beat her for the title. But... Knowing WWE, because, you know, we think we know. We think we know Michael Hickenbottom. I'm going to have Mandy winning. That's fair, yeah. You know, even though I feel like if they are putting Cora and Roxanne together, there's no one on the horizon to face her. So it should be Wendy winning just for the um, unpredictability of it. I mean, just give it a gender moment, even though Wendy has had some victory. Wendy winning would be a funny moment to have Tiffany beat her. Oh, I smacked my microphone. Beat her on the next episode. Uh, yeah, I'm going to Mandy, safe, safe option. And I think there was like a FIFO report that said that, you know, Wendy Chu was in line for a big push. So it w- it's not the out the realm of possibilities that she mm. may win uh, on, on Saturday. You got NXT North American Championship, by far the best match on this card, Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes. Who you got? Uh, I have Cameron Grimes retaining. And then so we can have Carmelo Hayes to desperately boost the main event scene. Cause I just mean you were talking, we're talking about main event scene. I was like, what main event scene? It's such a graveyard. You got Duke Hudson walking around automatically getting title shots because there's no one to bully him out of it. Solo Sokoa was on the cusp. You know, you can say Solo Sokoa maybe. Maybe Exion Queen could walk it straight, walk it right. But at the moment, the main event scene is Zilch. Please, guys, tell me who's in the main event scene. Nobody, except for Gacy and Breaker. That's why we're here. 
I mean, the main event scene, like, uh, two months ago, uh, you got Tommaso Ciampa on Monday Night Raw not getting an entrance, and you got Dolph Ziggler, who hasn't been seen since. He's another one that's on the milk carton with A-Kid. Um, Roderick, Str- Roderick Strong could be in the main event scene if you gave him some victories. But he's already right. lost to Braun Breaker. So, I've forgotten that. He had shorter hair back then when he lost. All I'm trying to say is, the Roderick Strong is someone that should be in, because of how long he's been there as well, you know? Like that it's itself, that veteran status should put him up there. So it's a shame that Roderick Strong is just eating pins like he's the Brooklyn Brawler because he could be what the main event scene needs. Because when Roderick Strong wrestles, he wrestles like his life depends on it. He wrestles like he got a phone call that told him his kids and his wife are in peril if he doesn't win. But he never wins. But luckily they're all right. But yeah. They're fine. They're fine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Don't listen to Sat. Um, and then finally, Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. If Braun Breaker is disqualified, he loses the title. Who do you got winning? Uh, people that 20 years ago or 22 years ago that watched uh, Kane and Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> first blood match. Like, there's no way Austin's losing. And the way he lost as well. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, I'm going to go with Braun winning because Braun is, because the main event seems so dire, so crap. I can't even tell you who's the number two babyface. Maybe Solo. Uh, Braun for the win. And please, Joe Gacy, go fight for the 24-7 title or something. Just stay away. You're the reason why NXT is where it's at right now. You're the reason why certain view- viewers viewership has gone down all across the board. <laughs> I'm talking about WWE. Sat, Sat wants Joe Gacy to be out of the main event scene desperately, ladies please. and gentlemen. But that is his predictions for NXT in your house this Saturday. You can go to True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I did a prediction show, a preview show with Fightful's Joe Pearl, as well as Romeo from True Hill Heat. Check that out. That's over on the True Hill Heat uh, page if you want to hear my predictions. Do your do your mods call, uh, <laughs> Sat, before we wrap things up. Oh, this is like one of my favorite things to do is to shout out the unsung heroes. Even though here they kind of sung, cause you, but they are unsung heroes. These are guys, the backbone of the Wrestle Talk chats. I'm talking about our precious mods. So shout out to Mod Brother Rob. We love you. Shout out to Rob Mother John. We love you. Shout out to Mod Brother Brandon. We love you, brother. Shout out to Mod Brother Bubba. But the ladies call him Paul. <laughs> and of course, she wasn't feeling well for the chat. Shout out to the mother of all mods, Mod Mother Jenna. Hope you get well. So shout out to the Blue Wench Order, BWO. They're the best mod team around. It's always a pleasure doing uh, these shows with SP3 and knowing they're in the chats to make sure that everything runs smoothly. They're big boss manning your arse. Wait, my mom's not here, so I can swear as much as I want, but I'm not going to take advantage. Arse. (laughs) In your ace. Uh, Yeah, I'm done. Uh, Yeah, shout out to the mods. We love you. Shout out to the chat. Uh, Please give us some mocha chats next week. I'm broke. (laughs) You got to put diapers on the little baby. So, yes, uh, 
We talked about NXT 2.0. We got In Your House this Saturday, six match card. I, I asked you for your predictions. If you didn't hear me on the regular show, you can check out my predictions with Joel Pearl of Fightful over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, along with Romeo as well. You're everywhere. They, everywhere on YouTube. Everywhere. I try to be. You go Sports Kita, he's there. You go Fightful, he's there. You go to True Hill Heat, the way he lives, <laughs> he lives there. He's the last one. He's there. That's yeah, my exactly. home. He'll come That's downstairs my... in his smoker jacket and slippers and say, How are you doing, guys? How's it going? Uh, with, with the pipe. With the... <laughs> and why is he screaming? Shut yes. your <laughs> and, and, and Harlem barging in. Um, but yes, we also, though, on the intro, we talked about Stranger Things season four great stuff all, all around uh who is your favorite character from stranger things oh in terms of favorite character um i like the new guy eddie but i don't want to get yeah. too attached because i feel like either him or steve may you know is between them what? two because well we we, we, we theory. Like, like, yeah that's a fan theory but but know. max is max max has come to prominence i i oh oh that, that i was about to say after season four part one max mayfield yeah. went, shot, shot up the 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 list exponentially um robin. i've always i've always been at 11 mark oh robin robin's also robin robin is a great comic relief she is but, but my favorite, my favorite characters, and they're it's it's a two-headed favorite characters because their chemistry together is amazing. Dustin and Steve, Dustin and Steve. Okay, combination I, I hate the dynamic is, this time. Season it's three, great. season two is great. Season like I don't like Dustin, Duncan, and Steve so much. It's because there's like an imbalance. If if Steve was Duncan in back, then like, oh banter because it wasn't like that. It was Dustin looking up to Steve, and I get it. Dustin's grown up a bit, so he thinks he's even, but his ego is a bit too much. Like, eh, you can't get this right. And Steve's just chill. Like, what? He asked a question. Imagine you're asking a question, and this little punk kid, <laughs> he's mouthing off to you. So I don't, I don't find that cute. Even when he, when Eddie goes, oh, he, he's, you know, you're, you're his hero. No, I'm sorry, man. I didn't see that. I see a guy, because he's got a girlfriend now, he's got a new set of dentures. He thinks he's the itch, isn't it? But he's not. Steve deserves better than everywhere. There's a better woman, better <laughs> you, friends. You, 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 everybody, this is this is a Sats campaign for hashtag justice for Steve. But we will have more conversation, I'm sure, about Stranger Things. We got we'll do a two more months until part two. But join us next week right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, the special outro for all our our audio users as well, our members, our Patreon backers. We'll be back next Wednesday talking about NXT. 2.0 for Sadie. I'm SP3, and this has been Mocha 2.0. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.